Blog Talk Radio. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Own Your Awkward podcast. I'm your host, Andy Vargo, and today we have with us Jordan Gross, who is an author, a TEDx speaker, and an, and an author of a number one best-selling book. So, uh, Jordan, welcome to the show. Andy, thank you so much for having me on. I'm super grateful and appreciative to be here. I just really enjoyed hearing your story, and uh, I'm excited to share my own. So thank you again, man. Yeah, thanks so much. I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that you're excited to share your story and open to sharing it because I think that's so much part of how we oh, all yeah. grow ourselves. So, yeah, so before we get into yeah, what what's something that's really exciting that you have going on or coming up you want to make sure that our listeners know about? Oh, so I appreciate you asking that. So for me, guys, I like Andy said, I'm an author coach a speaker but my main thing is is my book writing and and I have a new book coming out in December January time called The Journey to Cloud 9 and this is a fictional take on the personal growth and development world in which I tell a story about a guy who sort of lived his life one way and made decisions according to society and the people around him and then he's also able to see what I call his cloud 9 life which are the opportunities he could have had in his life where he made the decision that was more based on his gut, his heart, and his intuition. And he goes on this immaculate journey through the clouds from cloud one all the way to cloud nine, and he's able to relive these pivotal life experiences um, and see what ultimately his life could have looked like and still could look like. So that's what I got coming out. And then um, – Right now, I'm doing Cloud9 interviews where I'm talking to amazing people around the world, and I basically ask them a variety of questions about how they create their own Cloud9 lives. And I create these 90-second videos of people describing their Cloud9 moments, which is essentially the happiest they've ever felt. So that's all on my website if you guys are interested. It's journeytocloud9.com, all spelled out, journeytocloudnine.com. Um, you can find out so much more about the Cloud9 concept on that site. So that's what I'm up to at the moment. Well, and this is a concept I absolutely love because, I mean, you said it just a couple sentences ago, is how you can create your own cloud nine. It's not just yes. do you have a life you love or not, but what are you doing right. to make it that way and to get to that cloud? Exactly. And that's what cloud nine is all about. It, it's your interpretation, your story, of what your life is going to look like. The, the epigraph of the book, the opening quote is somebody once told me the definition of hell. It's that on the last day on this earth, the person who you became meets the person who you could have become. And those people are complete strangers. But somebody also once told me the definition of heaven. And it's that on the last day on this earth, the person who you became meets the person who you could have become. And those two people are identical twins. So that's really what wow. the book is all about. That's what living life according to your own plan, your intuition, how you want to live it uh, should look like. I absolutely love those definitions because yeah. it, it, it it's really gut-wrenching when you aren't mm. the person that you could be. And yeah. uh, I, I, re, I, a lot of times, cause I've been building my own business the last couple of years and making, you know, yeah. tons of life changes like we talked about. Yeah. And I, I, I say all the time that it's, it's a really nerve wracking thing when you're living on the cusp of greatness 
past. Like you can just mm. almost feel it. You're almost there. And that's yeah. to, to meet the person that you could have been, but not, but have them be so far from where you are. That That's yep. a great definition of hell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's scary. You know, it's, it's having the fear of the what if more than the actual fear of the what. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, uh, that was kind of my theme for yesterday was what if, cause it was Wednesday. It was what if Wednesday, mm. what if you didn't if meet Wednesday? this person or yeah. yeah. And, and you start thinking of even in the bad scenarios, what if that bad scenario didn't happen? What exactly. people might you have never met? What lesson might you have never learned? What journey might you have never taken because this road was yep. closed to you? And those are all the good things that came out of that bad, but we forget to tie them back to that, that original what if. But. Exactly. Amazing. So, That's amazing. So I love the awesome stuff you're doing in the world. I love how you're capturing other people's stories and yeah. making Cloud9 something that everybody has going on. Uh, yeah. What's that awkward thing you've had to get over to get to where you are? <laughs> Yeah, What's your absolutely. awkward story? My awkward story is one of my favorite things uh, that's ever happened to me. And it is associated with that. What if the bad experience didn't happen? Cause I, I don't know. I wouldn't be where I am today probably. Um, and the story goes as follows. So I was around 10 years old and I just won a big soccer tournament and we had our medals or our trophies. And I was with my buddy, Eric on Long Island in New York. I was at a deli called Ben's Deli. I was with Eric, his sister Paris, his sister Carly, his dad Zach. And we had this waiter named Bruce. And Bruce was that kind of waiter who interacted with your table and gave Paris and Carly crayons and talked to me and Eric about soccer and our trophies. And he talked to Zach about everything, you know, that grownups talked about at that time. Um, Right. And he, he just really made us feel special, right? So at the end of the meal, Bruce comes over to Zach and he says, so are these three yours? And he points to Eric, Paris, and Carly. And me, the curious, upbeat 10-year-old kid I was, I you know, looked at him with a smile and I said, that's right, Bruce. How did you know that? So this, this next moment, I'll never, ever forget. So he looked at me, at me and then he looked at Paris, looked at Carly, looked at Eric, looked at Zach, and then looked at me again. And finally, he said, well, them three are skinny. And, oh, man, did that smile immediately turn into a frown. And do I remember the awkwardness at the table? I I could feel the awkwardness at that table with them not knowing what to say. I remember Eric's dad, Zach, saying, don't worry about it, Jay. He, he, He didn't mean it like that. And, you know, as I look back, I don't think that Bruce meant it like anything it's just what he saw Mm -hmm. and it's just what he said at the time but it's what I heard it's what I heard and I knew sure I I was 10 years old but I wasn't blind I knew that I was bigger than my friends but it was really the first time that I heard it out loud especially from a Mm -hmm. complete stranger one who I thought you know we're having so much fun with so in that moment of yeah that just yeah I uh, I started to, you know, I went home that night and I remember looking in the mirror and starting to think about all the other things about me that were different, that were awkward. And I looked at my long hair and I remembered how, you know, kids used to poke fun at me because I had long hair and they used to call me a girl, right? And then I looked at my glasses mm-hmm. or maybe I wasn't wearing my glasses and I looked at how I was a little bit cross-eyed. 
And, you know, when I wore my glasses, I remembered how people would call me four eyes or nerd. Right. And then uh, I, I thought about the last thing, which I mentioned to you before the call. It's that my last name is gross. So people would call me ew or gross or disgusting before they even knew who the heck I was. Right. Right. Yeah. So there I, there I was Andy in this situation where I could either accept these flaws or these seemingly detrimental qualities, or I could embrace them. And I chose the latter. Wow. And to, to do that yeah. at such a young age is so powerful yeah. and, and and actually, honestly, that is the youngest I've heard anybody say of encountering their awkwardness wow. and to actually wow. kind of overcome it like that. Because, yeah. you know, it's interesting, as you were telling that story, I was I started thinking about, uh, first of all, the, the kind of betrayal that you feel with someone that you're connecting and then they, they mm. say something, even even not meaning yeah. to be hurtful, but it betrays your, your level of comfort in them. But the right. second thing that came to mind was, there's always some point in our life. If you look back, kids are so innocent and free and not self-conscious, but we all have that point sure. where we were made aware, we became aware of something where we shouldn't be comfortable with ourselves. And I yeah. don't know that we can even pinpoint it. Uh, you have a moment, right. which is, which is in a way hurtful and sad, but in, in a way maybe saved you from other things in the rest of your life. Oh yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll get to the hap- we'll get to the happy parts, but uh, yeah, I mean, look, yeah, so, so, there, yeah. No, go for it. I was like just going to say, so where did it just, take you from there? Yeah, so just like in Cloud9, I had two roads I could have gone down, right? And in all the people I talked to with Cloud9 about their experiences, the ultimate happiest ones, the ultimate most meaningful ones and purposeful ones are the ones where you take the road less traveled and you choose what's going to be more challenging, even though in the moment it might seem near impossible. You choose that route. Right. So basically... I could have chosen to accept Bruce's comments and, and, you know, had self-pity and and not wanted to come out of my room and just, you know, accepted those qualities. But then there was the other road, the road of of positivity, the road of embracing the awkwardness. So with each of those characteristics, I decided to view them as my greatest assets. So with my long hair, well, that's actually the only – I ended up getting a haircut when I was in college. But anyway, with, with, my, with my glasses, <laughs> people would call me nerdy, right? So right. I, embraced, I embraced that role. And I said, you know what? Call me a nerd. And I became extremely studious. Ended up graduating the top 5% of my high school. Went on to attend Northwestern University. So I just said, you know what? They can call me a nerd. I'm going to be that nerd, the best nerd that they've ever seen. You know, I was bigger than everybody else, so I was overweight. I used that to my advantage on the sports field. So I was a goalie in soccer. I ended up becoming the number one goalie in all of New York State. And, uh, you know, I, if they were going to call me bigger than everybody else, I was going to use that size to my advantage. I played basketball. I pitched faster than people in baseball. I was able to out, you know, jump people in football. And that's what I did with that. Hmm. And then yeah. uh, last but not least – gross being my last name, you know, I decided to laugh with people rather than have them laugh at me. So when I got called, I would say, ew, or yuck with everybody else. And then say, oh, by the way, that's, that's also me um, at the end of the day. So, you know, I became known as one of the funny guys. 
So yeah. there I was in that scenario where I could have been totally uncomfortable, not confident, not wanted to talk to anybody, focused on all of the bad qualities. But what I actually did was I totally rewrote my own story. You definitely did. And that it's, it's interesting to hear you talk about it looking in retrospect, looking back when as a 10 year old, it's almost like you're writing, you're somehow deciding this is the direction my life is going to go. And yet have the foresight to even know that if I don't, if I don't make this a positive thing, life's going to be hell. Yeah, exactly. So, so how did you know, like, like you're standing in the mirror, you're, noticing things you're self-conscious about was it an instant thing where you said no this is going to be positive did you struggle with it for weeks or days or did you cry yourself to sleep at night how did how did you get to the positive and make that connection yeah absolutely so I you know I look back at this story now and obviously I make it much more sophisticated at this moment in time but sure I, I think about that time when I was looking in the mirror and I just think about you know my parents And I think about how they clearly saw that their son, something was off. And I wasn't a crier. I was never emotional growing up. Well, ages like maybe five to eight I was, but from 10 on, I definitely wasn't. Um, So at that time in my life, they knew something was wrong because I was not the cheerful, curious kid who asked the waiter how he knew that those three were Zach's kids. So I think about probably what they said to me in the moment, because I don't remember exactly what it was. And I think it was a lot of the same lessons that I tell you here today. I think it was that the words that I heard from Bruce are just words, right? They're, they're not definitions. Mm -hmm. They're not definitives, right? They're, they're opportunities rather. They're opportunities Mm -hmm. to either embrace the positives or to change what you want to change, right? And I, I did change a right. little bit. And I would I would jog in the shower and I would stand in front of the TV instead of sit. And I would say no to dessert where I never was before. So I was making changes to, to at least, you know, consider Bruce's comments. But uh, mm-hmm. at the same time, I, I think it was because of the support system I had. I think it was because of my parents, my friends, my friends' parents, my coaches, my teachers. You know, at the time... I. I was already good at sports. I was a good student. I just even heightened them further because I was getting such positive reinforcement from the people around me. Right. Yeah. No, that's a good point. And it's interesting how you mentioned not completely remembering what your parents told you word for word, but remembering mm. the support, the feeling, the lesson that came from it. Yeah. Because that, yeah, that really exactly is the right. important thing. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It, and so how how did you what pushed you into starting focusing on cloud nine? Um, that's a, a whole nother story. So basically, uh, cloud nine and writing books came from me again, not really living according to the person who I could have been. That that cloud nine definition. I, I was going through the protagonist journey in the wrong way. And I was by the book. I was going through the motions. I was, you know, I went to a good school and I studied economics and I had finance internships. I got a master's degree and I went into a corporate position, right? But it was always, it was never mm-hmm. for the right reasons. 
It was never because I took a step back from the situation and said, is this what I want to do? Is this direction that I want to be going in? Um, so that came from, I, I quit my job and I wrote my first book, which was just a, a series of reflections that I had about my morning routine and how that was allowing me to be so positive and optimistic in a corporate world when so many other people feel stressed and anxious. Right. So that's right. Yeah. Been for the last year, year and a half, I've been talking about that routine and I've been writing about it and coaching about it. And then one day, at a perfect day, honestly, because I, I didn't even know it was next with the first book, which was called Getting Comfy, by the way. Um, I was in an Uber ride from the lower part of New York City all the way up to my apartment in the midtown New York City. And I was driving with the Uber driver, and in the East River, we saw this boat called Cloud Nine. And I asked him what Cloud Nine meant to him, and his responses totally changed my perspective on, on these moments of euphoria. And it actually solidified some of them too. But cloud nine to him was the day that his children were born, the day that he got married, the day he was able to make enough money to leave his home country, the day that he was able to make enough money here to go back to his home country. All of these pivotal life events that basically, mm -hmm. if you think about each one, he chose the path less traveled, made the harder decisions and uh, decided to live this, you know, cloud nine life. So I Great. wanted to ask more, pe more people about that question. And as I'd asked more people, I developed more thoughts around it. I heard more stories and, uh, and you know, in the self-help world, I wanted to speak a different language to people. I didn't want to just share these stories. I wanted to allow people to interpret. So that's why I turned it into a fictional book um, because I want to be different, right? This is about embracing the awfulness, yeah. embracing, embracing differences. That's what I do with everything I do. I look at what everybody else is doing, and I make minor tweaks and adjustments so that it is my own. Yeah, so when you find yourself asking people about their cloud nine moment, yeah. do you find a lot of people don't know how to define it themselves? Because when you asked me, I, I had to think about it for a second. I thought, I don't, I don't know which moment I would pick. I, I, I have an idea now, but um, yeah. But what, what's your response from people? Yeah, so basically, if I ask people on the spot, it may take a couple of moments, but in these mm -hmm. interviews that I do, I send them the questions in advance, so nobody nobody never knows what no, it right, is, and maybe that's what it was sure. like for you. Like you were thinking, mm -hmm. you know, you thought about it a little bit, and then maybe you had it. Um, but you know what? Honestly, there are different buckets that the moments fit into. You know, and, and those moments are, those buckets are um, playfulness, camaraderie, love, responsibility, legacy, benevolence, career aspirations, uh, some sort of reciprocity or empathy, and then realizations and resurgences. So nice. I think that that's, that's 10. Um, and each story has one of those underlying themes within them. But the mm -hmm. further you dive down into each story, the more you actually realize that the cloud nine moment comes from the person having the courage to make the decision that they did make in the moment. And it was choosing what was more challenging in that moment than it was choosing right. what, was what was simpler. So that really 
makes so much sense because I know that mm. the, the the toughest decisions I've made, the harder times I've had have been the most rewarding in different ways. Yes. And, mm. and it comes down to that whole, even just a simple idea of risk reward, the bigger risk you take, the bigger fear you face, the yeah. more joy and pride and accomplishment you're going to feel and the bigger the reward. Yeah, absolutely. That's totally it. You know, it's, uh, it's about these, these choices, right. Where everybody is, is probably going one way, but just because you decide to turn a little bit in the other direction, you know, then Mm -hmm. that choice, that life becomes your own. That's what makes it you. Right. Yeah. And that's what makes it unique and authentic and, and, something that no one else can be because of that series of decisions and choices and risks that you've taken that no one else has that same combination in order to get to the same place that you are. Yep. That's it. That's absolutely it. So when you just getting back to that awkwardness that you're going through. So, you know, you went through that process of starting to go through this and own it and you've got this map of you're going to laugh with people. Do you feel like you went to school the next day, you know, as soon as you figured that out, you went into school and you were comfortable or was it really hard to step into that? Was it, you know, when you hear people say, Ooh, and gross, yeah. was it easy to laugh? Was it a forced fake laugh the first few times? How'd that go? Absolutely. It was, it, it was forced, right? It was mm-hmm. extremely difficult. It was a constant reminder in the back of my head that I was different. Right. But the more, yeah, I, the more I took on the role, the better I got at sports, the, the better my grades were, the, the more I laughed with people and made them laugh, the more I was able to convince myself and turn it into my actual mindset, right? Because it, it became true. Kind of that. It became true. Yeah. I, I, I was the funny guy. I was the smart kid. I was the good athlete, right? So it, it mm-hmm. became, you know, those ideas came to fruition. Yeah, and I like the idea you you touched on it a little bit earlier about, you know, words are just words without they're not necessarily a definition. Mm-hmm. And right, I, I like to to remind people it's that you know words don't have power unless you give them power. It, you know, right. they don't have weight. It's someone can come to your door, and knock on the door. You have the choice whether or not to answer it. You have the choice whether or not to let them into your yeah. home. And if you let someone harmful into your personal space, into your heart you know, you not accepting those words is, is you keeping that door closed and saying, Hey, knock all you want. You're not going to bring me down. And that's, I think what we need to learn how to do is to see those words as not defining us, but figure out how to then set our defenses up so that we're prepared because we still are going to encounter those words in the world. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And and what I'm thinking about right now is, you know, you and I as, as, content creators and and giving talks and trying to inspire other people, you think about those comments that are not so nice, right? And you think about, do I react to them impulsively or do Mm -hmm. I respond to them appropriately, right? And making the appropriate response is, you know, you take that step back and you think about where those words are coming from, right? And 99.99999% of the time, those words are coming from somebody who is not working as hard as you are, somebody who is not enjoying life as much as you are, and somebody who is mm-hmm. not even 
as comfortable in their own skin as you are. So right. that's, you know, that's something that I think about all the time as well. And actually, you know, I think now when I, when I receive words like that, I ask the questions right back. Instead of reacting, I say, well, why did you say that? You know, what, what mm-hmm. made you say that? Yeah. And it puts, yeah, it that's puts a great you way back to on the offense, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and the thing that I've had to come back to, because when I started putting myself out there at, at a higher yeah. level or a lot more, mm-hmm. just, you know, wearing my emotions on my sleeve and showing you know, things like, Hey, I'm having a bad day. This is what I'm getting through and really trying to help people by showing them my journey and opening mm-hmm. up about things I've been through. You know, I've, I've had to, it does make you very susceptible to other people's opinions and thoughts. And I've had to remember that, you know, my, my biggest uh, person who can put me down usually is myself where, yeah. you, you know, you get that self-doubt and that imposter syndrome of, well, why does anybody want to listen to you, blah, blah, blah. So I spend so much time having those conversations against the comments I make against myself. Like, oh, you just wrote this book and, uh, you know, it's not, you know, who really cares about this feeling or that? And so by the time right. it gets out there, I've kind of already gotten through all of that with myself because it was just hard enough to hit publish that that then I'm able to really kind of solidify that mindset when someone else brings it to the table of, well, gee, these are questions I asked myself two months ago, but I've gotten over it. And I hope that you get over whatever you're dealing with, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And you know what? It's, it honestly comes to my first book, which is more about mindfulness. Right. And and Mm -hmm. in order to, to not have those conversations with yourself in order to be totally aware and, comfortable and confident with the person that you are, it has to come from that place of self care. It has to come from that place of Mm -hmm. self-awareness. It has to come from, you know, moments of meditation. It has to come from moments of calm. It has to come from moments of vulnerability. Right. So if you're, you know, it's all one big, big happy circle. So if your wellness is on point, then your emotions are on point. And then your responses are on point to people who are trying to put you down. Um, you know, it's it's a lot, yeah. but at the end of the day, it's it all filters package. one into the next. Yeah. Mhm. Yeah. It's. Uh, I actually have kind of create little characters when when I'm dealing with those types of things. I, oh, I put cool. them into different characters in my head. So it's just the evil guy. It's like the, the devil yeah. on one shoulder versus the angel on the other. So then it's not like yeah. I have to believe it. It's like, no, that's just, I'm, that's just someone's trying to bring you down, even if it's yourself. Right. Right. And that's, and that's kind of funny too. Right. So that puts a smile on your right. face, you know, allows you to yeah. take yourself less seriously, take the situation less seriously. Yeah. Definitely. Well, Hey, we are just getting down to a couple more minutes here. Is there any, uh, Powerful words of wisdom or good quote you want to leave the you've left us with so much i've this you've got a lot of great things to leave, so I hate to ask for more, uh, but is there anything in summary you want to say no i I appreciate it so much um the last thing I'll say is uh actually it's gonna be a new book coming out by my buddy Tyo Roxon, and the title of the of the book is very fitting for this show, so if you do ever want to get in touch with them andy i I'll definitely put you in touch. But it is yeah, for sure. you, use your difference to make a difference, right? Oh, I love use that. your difference to make a difference. And the message with that is that no matter what it is that sets you apart, 
allow others to take something from whatever sets you apart, right? So you know right. that with 7 point or 8 billion people in this world, whatever makes you different makes at least one other person different in the same exact way. So use whatever it is you mm-hmm. have to connect with that person, to share with that person. And uh, yeah, that's, that's exactly what it's that. all about. Yeah. And that's, I constantly am saying it's, it's that difference. It's that thing that you're self-conscious about that usually, you know, other than maybe the 10 year olds in the room, cause they've got their own insecurities, but usually that's what people love about you. It's they, they love that you're different than everybody else. They love that there's something yeah. else that you bring that the rest of the room doesn't. So exactly. You know, it's like, um, I think about, sorry, if we have one more minute. Um, oh, I good. think about America. I think about America's got talent, honestly, during this conversation. Right. And I mm-hmm. think about some of the acts that go up on America's Got Talent. And there are these people who are squeezing themselves into boxes. And there are these people who are who are swallowing swords. And they're spitting out fire. And you think, like, okay, these people are so different. But look at where they are, you know? There are yeah, millions and millions going. of people getting to display their talents. And maybe there's one person out there who says, you know what? That's what I want to do with my life. That's my purpose. So it, exactly. it really I, makes me think. It really makes me think of that. I love that. Well, we are out of yeah. time here, but um, we could go on forever. I so appreciate <laughs> your time and sharing, Jordan. It's been awesome. And everybody, remember, it's Jordan Gross, and his website is journeytocloud9.com. So check him out and follow him, and uh, give him some love out there in social media. Andy, thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure, man. Same here. Thanks, Jordan. Take care. Bye.